glory to God. That's it. That's 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 it. That's it. Oh, I feel like uh, what Brother Hagen Senior used to say. He said, "I I like my own company. I I like my co- this." There's nothing like the faith company. Not a bunch of grouchy, complainy folks. I mean, faith folks are shouters. And victory people. And, and love and faith and givers and doers. That's my bunch. Huh? Am I your bunch and you my bunch? And, we're in the right, right place, right place. God has joined different parts of the body together. And uh, they have, the body's all one, but some parts have more direct contact with each other than others do. Would you look please to Romans, the uh, 12th chapter this evening. We spent some extra time tonight in the first part of the service. We won't necessarily be doing that the rest of the time, but... I I wanted you to see those things and get stirred up about your harvest. And uh, I like always giving a report that what you sowed into happened. It it had happened. It came to pass. And praise God it did. Uh, Romans, the 12th chapter and the uh, first verse. Romans 12, 1, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. We're going to keep reading for the next couple of verses here. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say... Through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Now, we're going to see this, I believe, later, but he uses the word think in the King James three times, one right after the other. And this can also be translated minded, minded. Uh, how you're minded. We're going to see how that applies later. But think soberly or be soberly minded according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith or as many different translations say a measure of faith. A measure of faith. Verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. Now, he hadn't changed subjects. He's still talking about the same thing. Next verse. We being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Now, he had just a couple of verses earlier talked about the grace given to him. And that's when he went on to say, to think soberly according as God has dealt to every one a measure of faith. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, 
whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Now, he mentions repeatedly grace and a measure of faith. Here he mentions gifts of grace and a proportion of faith. Same idea. Proportion or measure. Grace and faith. Grace and faith. How do, let's just take this one here, prophecy. How do you prophesy? By grace, through faith. (laughs) Which is how you get born again. And we don't just get born again by faith. The just shall live and walk by faith. Somebody said, well, I thought it was by grace. It is. But it's through faith. By grace. Somebody say, by grace. Through faith. Now notice this. He keeps going with this. He said, having gifts differing. According to the grace that's given to us. And then he starts mentioning different things. Whether prophecy. We're going to prophesy how? According to the proportion of faith. Keep going. Or ministry. Let us wait on our ministering. Now can you see. He hasn't reached a period yet here. How are you going to prophesy. According to the grace that's given by the proportion of faith. How are you going to minister? Same way. By the grace, according to the proportion of faith. And uh, uh, teaching. How are you going to teach? It's according to the grace gifts given in proportion to your faith. Can you see this? Keep, keep, keep going. Or ex, ex, he that exhorts on exhortation. See, that's the same thing that he said with the prophecy. You're going to exhort uh, by the grace according to your measure or proportion of faith. He that gives, how will you give? Let him do it with simplicity, but it's the same idea. You're going to do it by grace and according to the proportion of faith. He that rules with diligence, that's the same idea, by the grace according to the proportion of faith. He that shows mercy. With cheerfulness by grace according to the proportion of faith. How will you do it? By grace according to the proportion of faith. Prophesy according to the proportion of faith. I know uh, I grew up uh, Pentecostal. And... um, we believed in the church there in speaking in tongues, being filled with the, the Spirit. They wouldn't say that. They'd say with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Baptized in the Holy Ghost, <laughs> which is great. And, uh, but um, we, were, we were not taught to receive by faith. We were taught to tarry. And and Terry and the idea was that, you know, when you got in the right place, God would initiate the baptism. Yeah. 
And so uh, my grandmother spoke in tongues and uh, my mother spoke in tongues and I knew this is real. And when I began to, in, in my uh, teen years, uh, teenage years, I began to desire this. And so every time we'd have a meeting, I'd go down to the front and, and, and tarry. And you know, I did this off and on for years and didn't speak in tongues. And um, I didn't know why. But uh, looking back now, I was waiting for God to initiate it. I was seeking him and pleading with him to initiate my being filled with the Spirit. And I was even adamant with, if anybody asked me about it, I said, well, I I don't want it to be me. I don't want it to be me. Uh, I want it to be the Holy Ghost. But I didn't realize what I'm saying. In Acts 2, you remember when they were, when the Holy Spirit came and they were all filled, it said, you know, uh, they were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak. Who began to speak? They, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And what I'm saying is, without realizing, I'm saying, I don't want it to be me. What do you mean? You don't want you to be filled? You want the Holy Ghost to get the Holy Ghost. Now, I know we laugh about it, but I wasn't laughing. I mean, I was uh, frustrated. This went on for years. And uh, finally, I got a hold of some of Brother Kenneth Hagin's materials. And one of them was, uh, uh, was it Seven Steps? How to be filled with the Spirit? Uh, Anyway, I, I read that, and it changed my thinking the first time I read it, I just closed it and I said, nah. <laughs> I mean, it can't be that easy, right? It just, nah, nah. And, you know, and we were big on, on uh, emotional experience in the, in the Pentecostal church. And, you know, when Sister So-and-So, when she got baptized in the Holy Ghost, uh, man, she saw a ball of fire, and she rolled up under the pew. And brother so and so, so we're we're looking for something more spectacular. And I'm thinking, eh, you know, I don't know. So anyway, uh, the thank God that I was born again. The Spirit of God prompted me. Well, you better look at that again. Look at it again. So I I did. And when I read it again. I know it was the Holy Spirit. I didn't realize it then, but it came from my inside up to my mind. Do it. Act on it. Because he said, you know, pray the prayer uh, that you'd receive Jesus. And he said, if I would ask, he would give. And I believe I receive now by faith. Speak in other tongues. And and I, I'm still shaking my head, you know. And, and and the Spirit of God said, you've tried everything else. I said, boy, that was true because... I, I did. We tried all kind of stuff. And I said, okay. So I, I stood up by myself in our little living room in our little mobile home. And and I, I prayed the prayer. And, and I said, uh, uh, thank you, Lord. I'm your child. And you said if I would ask you for the Holy Spirit, you would give him to me. And, and so I asked. 
uh, you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. And, and I believe I receive. And I didn't feel anything special. And I said, so by faith, I'm going to speak. And I said, pray on Sakali finidias nor. And I said, no, no. <laughs> That's because I, I didn't see any ball of fire. And I didn't roll up under the pew. And, and if this is right and true, and I figured out pretty quick that it was, I've done all that stuff for years for nothing. And I wasn't waiting on him. I wasn't waiting on him. He was ready for me to be filled and speak years ago and I finally had to admit that yeah. I, I read his brother Hagen's materials and he talked about you know that you're not qualified to see if it sounds like a language or not there are languages and tongues of men and of angels you don't even know what all men's languages sound like much less angelic and uh, your understanding is unfruitful but in the spirit, you're speaking mysteries. Do it by faith. Everybody say, by, by faith. faith. How did I speak in tongues? In proportion to my faith. Now, it was the grace of God that gave me, first of all, the grace of God that gave us the Holy Spirit. But then the grace of God that gave me utterance when I stepped out to do it. But it didn't happen initiated by him. It happened initiated by me in proportion to my faith where I was on that day. Yes. Oh, church, are you with me? And then I, as I read more of his materials, he talked about praying, uh, you know, more and more. The more you, you do it, uh, the better off you're going to be. Yield, yield to the spirit, uh, stepping out by faith. And one of my uh, Pentecostal aunts uh, in the family, I, I saw her sometime later, and I was all excited, you know, because I had uh, spoken in tongues and, and was learning about that. And, and I said something along the lines of, you know, that you could pray in the Spirit every day. Well, man, her her brow wrinkled up, and and she she said, uh, uh, you you can't turn the Holy Ghost off and on. Son, <laughs> and I, in my head, I didn't know what to say, but it came right up out of my spirit. I said, "Yeah, he's always on. <laughs> he's always on, and he is always. Oh, he never sleeps. He never slumbers. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So what? Any time." I will step out in faith to speak. I will get utterance in proportion to my faith. Now, the very same thing is true with prophecy. Did you see this? If you, because prophecy is the same Holy Spirit. And it's just utterance in a known tongue instead of utterance in an unknown tongue. But the same spirit. And if you say, well, I, I, I can't prophesy. That's just like saying I can't speak in tongues. 
It's the same thing. You know, uh, uh, when John, in the book of Revelation, when he uh, saw all these great things and the angel that was telling him these things, he started to fall down and, and before the angel. And the angel told him, no, no, don't do it. He said, I, I'm your fellow servant. Worship God. And he talked about that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Say that out loud. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So many times when people hear the word prophesy or prophecy, they're, they're thinking foretelling. They're thinking prophesying that this is going to happen X amount of time about the future. And that can be prophecy that includes some other thing. That's actually word of wisdom and word of knowledge. But simple prophecy, 1 Corinthians talks about, is speaking unto men to exhortation, edification, and comfort. Well, in those three terms, there's no foretelling. But that is prophecy. Said out loud, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So can you testify about Jesus? Can you? Well, then it's possible you can prophesy. What do you mean? Uh, we've seen this if you've been around church any length of time. You know, at our churches that we went to back when I was a boy even, there were certain ones that if they stood up to testify, you weren't excited. Because it was the same thing every time. And it was, woe is me and how bad it was. And y'all, pray, please pray for me. Wasn't really a testimony. But when uh, certain ones would stand up to testify, you'd go, all right, all right. Because they'd start out saying, I just want to thank the Lord because he has been so good to me. And the next thing you know, they're prophesying. What do you mean? There's an anointing on them. And they're not saying things they rehearsed and wrote down. It's flowing out of their spirit. Come on, can you see that? It's not pre-planned, it's not rehearsed, and it's anointed. You know what that is? Prophecy. I said prophecy. And you know how you will prophesy? Didn't the scripture say, you may all prophesy one by one? Did he say that or not? So turn to your neighbor and tell him, say, you can prophesy. Now, that doesn't mean you go around trying to pre- predict future events. It doesn't mean you go around and try to tell people who to marry and, and where to live and what kind of clothes to wear. Mm. No. But can, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. How will you do it? Well, uh, the Psalms. In the book of Psalms. Got 150 of them, is that right? They are all the spirit of prophecy. Every one of them is. They're given, in fact, the whole word of God is given by the spirit. And the spirit of prophecy is evident in these psalms. And uh, how did they come? Well, the scriptures told us 
that we are to speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. Didn't it say that? Well, see, this is the spirit of prophecy. How do you do that? Because I've had, I've, there's been people I've been around personally that I encouraged them to step out like that way, and they wouldn't do it. They were like, "No, I, I no, I'm, I'm not a prophet." I said, "We're not talking about being a prophet. This, this is not got anything to do with being a prophet. But in people's minds, it's only prophets that prophesy. Or if you prophesy, that makes you a prophet. Also, very wrong." Just because you prophesy, that does not make you a prophet. No, it doesn't. All of us can pray, can speak in tongues, with the understanding, with the Spirit. Is that right? And you may all prophesy, one by one. And you may all speak in a spiritual song. Now you say that, people go, well, I know you're off now, preacher, because I don't even sing in the shower. (laughs) I didn't say record. We're talking about singing. (laughs) There's a difference. We're not even talking about singing on a platform. But we are talking about singing, and there is a blessing when you take that additional step of faith. To lift up your voice and sing, not something that's pre-planned and rehearsed, but you're singing right out of your spirit because you love the Lord, because you want to give him thanks, because you want to praise him, and you'll step into a flow, an anointing, grace, manifestation of the spirit. And this is how we are to live. It's how we are to deal with the darkness in this world. Hmm? You hear people who are not saved. They come in after a hard day and say, I need a drink. (laughs) Well, you do need something. But the Bible said, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Can you do that? Yes. Can you sing to the Lord? Yes. That was not everybody. I mean, <laughs> if you can talk, you can sing. Don't tell me you can't. No, we're not going to check your tune. We're not going to check you if you're in key or no. No, thankfully, the Lord doesn't scrutinize our technical performance so so much. He's looking at the heart. I said he's looking at the heart, and what he wants to hear is not technical perfection. He wants to hear love, faith, thanksgiving, praise. Is that right? And man, when that comes out of your heart, and you're endeavoring to express it by faith, it pleases God, and it edifies you. It builds you up. And instead of just plopping down in our chair and rehashing all the problems of the day, sulking, 
crying, feeling sorry for ourselves. We're supposed to do something else. That was a little weak too. I said, we're supposed to do something else. Even David, under the Old Testament, right? He had the Spirit on him. And he, he wrote songs and he, he sang songs. And in his dark hour, when his home, Ziklag, was burned to the ground and, and his, his wife and kids are taken captive and everything he's gotten, all his soldiers are talking about stoning him. Help me out. Tell me, tell me what he did. Huh? He didn't reach for the bottle. He didn't reach for pills or to smoke a joint. We got a lot of church people smoking joints. I'm telling you, you know it's true. And it's not helping you. It is not. It just puts you in a fog. That ain't peace. It's not peace. You can't get peace in a bottle or a pill or any of those things. What did David do? Come on, help, help me out. What? He encouraged himself in the Lord. Well, all these songs that the Lord gave him, he didn't get them out of a book. They came in times like this. Not because he felt like singing, but by faith. Oh, somebody say by faith. By, by faith. Trusting is God, believing there is help, believing there is an answer. He reached down by faith and he said, oh soul, why are you cast down? What's wrong with you? God has done too much for you, for you to be dragging around and acting like this. And and we've got to remember that these are songs. So they weren't just, you know, by rote poems, but they're songs. And he would say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. I will not fear what man will do to me. Though the enemy encamps round about me, I won't be afraid because my God is with me. I said, my God is with me. He's with me. And his rod and his staff are comforting me. I'm going to be okay. I'm coming out in the light. I will see the victory. I will see the glory of the Lord. I will see it in this life, in this time. Praise be to God. And in... now, child of God, how many understand that is something that every believer can and should do? You believe it or not? Every believer. Now, I may have practiced it more than you, but is that my fault? 
You can practice it as much as you want to, right? (laughs) In proportion to your faith. What I learned, and of course, uh, you know, there are ministries along this line too. And that is part of my ministry. But in the beginning days of ministry, uh, there were opportunities. And Brother Hagen had called on me to sing a song in the service, at the end of the service, front of the service, whatever it might be. And he's looking for a spiritual song. Well, that's one that you don't know yet. Uh, how do you do that? Well, uh, where are you in your scriptures right now? Look, look again in Romans 12. Notice every one of these things that he mentioned that you do in proportion to your faith. Verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us. All of us have gift and gifts of grace. All of us. The scripture says every man. Every one of us. Don't, don't say, well, I, you know, I, I, if I have any, I don't know it. Well, you do, whether you know it or not. And it's, it's up to us to de- develop in them. To yield to them. And uh, he said having gifts differing according to the grace that's given. Whether prophecy. Let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. So how will I prophesy? How, how far will I my utterance go? It's tied directly to the measure of faith I have yes. at the time. If you, if you say, well, I, I can't prophesy at all, that's because of no faith to prophesy. If you say, I can't speak in tongues, that's because you have no faith to speak in tongues. You could speak in tongues right now if you believed you could. And you would take the step to do it. Right? Just, do I have tongue talkers in the house? I know I do. Huh? How do you talk into it? Now, see, if you've been doing it for years, you're used to it. It's not a scary thing to you or a strange thing to you because it's now become a way of life. But there was a time when you had not done that before. How did you do it the first time? How? Help me out. How? You, you can't just be quiet and you can't wait for God to make you do it. You can't wait for God to take you over and, and do it through you, apart from you. That's not how it works. You have to step out by faith expecting Him to enable you to do it. Amen. Come on, come on, can you see this? Expecting Him to give you utterance to do it. Well, this is also how you preach. Amen. I said, this is how you preach. Preachers, am I saying it or not? This is how you preach. How you teach. How do you do it? Well, you seek God. You pray. You study. Make some notes if you want to. (laughs) But when it comes time to do it, 
What do we do? We step out by faith, what? Expecting God to give the utterance. Hallelujah. How far can you go with that? It's according to the proportion of your faith. How far, how developed an utterance, how much revelation comes directly back to what you're expecting and what you're stepping out by faith to express. When uh, uh, Brother Hagen would ask me to come sing a song, in the beginning days, you know, the Lord would give me something uh, sometimes weeks in advance and something to start out with and then go further with it. But as time went on, less and less forewarning. <laughs> Until it got to the place where I'm, he's called me up. He says, I think you got something that will go with this, Keith. And if I checked my head, it would be like, no, I don't think so. But that's checking the wrong place. Do I, he says, I feel like you got a song that goes here. Do I have to know what the song is? Huh? <laughs> no. No. Would I have to know all the words in order to give a testimony about Jesus? Or could I step out by faith? Do I have to know all the words before I can speak in tongues? Now see, speaking in tongues is actually a little easier, I think, than prophesying because your head doesn't know and doesn't have to know. And so you can just hook up your, your mouth to your spirit and just speak in tongues and trust God that he's helping you out. But then when you, you take another step of faith to say that in a known language, it's like, uh-oh, I understand it. And other people understand it too. <laughs> and, and with teaching and preaching, there can be and often is an element of the spirit of prophecy. Same Holy Spirit giving utterance. Why? Things are coming up out of you. You did not plan. You did not pre-think or pre-arrange. And sometimes words and phrases you've never used. You've never, you never even used those phrases in that way or said something that way. Well, that was by the Spirit of the Lord, but it was coming out in proportion to your faith. Can you see this, church? Hallelujah. And so, uh, uh, as time went on, and I'm, I'm seeing how this is going, then I find myself, he called me up, I go to the platform, and I got nothing in my head. Nothing. Sometimes I'd have a phrase. Sometimes not. And, and, and with me, and I know this is the way the Lord deals with in a lot of things, you get a word or a phrase. Huh? A word. I, I remember one night, this was the word I got, glory. 
glory. And so what, what's the song? It's about glory. <laughs> How's it go? So this is how I started out. I said, and then, and then when I started, when I started to sing, I got another word. There's grace in the glory. Hallelujah. Now I got a phrase. Don't make it complicated. Think of one of the greatest songs you've ever heard. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Then what do you sing? Oh, the blood of Jesus. Then what do you sing? Oh, the blood of Jesus. Then you got another line. It washes. What? Is that a great song? I reckon they sing that in heaven. Right? We've sung it for generations down here. It is a Holy Ghost inspired anointed song. Prophecy. So don't, don't try to make it complicated and and don't try to, you know, do something with 12 parts on your first outing. You know, just, just relax and look for a word and a phrase. Hallelujah. I know the Lord gave me this song uh, some years back. I just, by myself, doing something, I just kept saying, I am so thankful, God. I am so thankful. He had done something else great for us. I am so thankful. I am so thankful. And that's good, but there's a stronger anointing if I'll make an effort to sing it. And I'm, I'm actually stepping out more in faith. And so I said, I am so thankful. I am so thankful. I am so thankful to you. And I begin to feel it a little bit. You are so gracious. You are so good. And I am so thankful to you. Yes. Hallelujah. I, I'm not only saying it, I'm, I'm using my faith to express it. Yes. And, here, and here's, here's the thing. Immediately begin to sense his presence. Now, now we're getting to the core of the meeting this week. Is everybody awake? I said immediately begin to sense his presence. And then the more I put myself into it, I just go ahead. I mean, there's nobody around. <laughs> Nobody's checking my tune or anything like that. So I am so thankful. I am so thankful. I am so thankful to you. You are so gracious. You are so good. And I am 
so thankful to you. Now, if I'm singing that from my heart, not for your benefit, not for my benefit, because I really, does God hear that? He's a papa. I said he's a daddy. He's a papa. Is that right? And if his child is genuinely expressing out of their heart, do you think he hears that? Does he hear that? And, and you can see an immediate response. Now, we're going to see this as we go further into it, but there's a phrase in James. He said, draw nigh unto me. And what will happen? Well, you never know. Huh? Huh? Because God called us to walk by faith. And that means you don't necessarily have any feelings. Uh Uh-uh. Wrong. Wrong. We're not to require feelings before we believe. But you are supposed to have manifestations of the Spirit in response to your faith on a regular basis. Regular basis. We've gone too much to the side, well, I don't have to feel anything. I don't have to feel anything. I don't have to feel anything. Honey, you need to feel something. You need The manifested presence of the Holy Spirit on you and in you and around you. You need to be in His presence so strong that you don't know whether to cry or laugh or do it all at the same time. You don't know whether to run or fall out. And it's okay to do all of it. Do not... Become cold and stayed in the name of faith. That is not accurate. That is not right. Help me out with the scripture. James. What do you say? It's James 4. Draw James 4.8. Put it on the screen for us, please. James 4.8. Draw nigh to God. And what? What will happen? He will respond. I said he will respond. Somebody say he will respond. He will respond. If God tells you he'll respond to you, what do you think is going to happen? He will respond to you. Religion teaches men and women to beg. And he and the Lord doesn't like begging. What do you mean? It's unbelief. And it's contrary to what he told us to do. He didn't tell us to beg. Believers are not beggars. Come on with me? But religion religion just beats it into people. Beg, 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 beg. Beg, beg harder, beg longer, beg louder. And I'm telling you that those very actions displease the Lord. Because without faith, 
It's impossible to please him. And all you're doing is rehashing to him all your troubles and, and all your needs and, and totally focused on yourself and no faith and no positive and no hope and no expectation. There's no way that's going to please him. There's no way it's going to be acceptable to him. And so people do that and they get no response. And they may not realize it, but they are absolutely ignoring the Lord. What he told us to do. How he told us to do things. He has mercy on babies. That don't know any better. But especially folks like you and me. Don't come. Dragging. Crying. Begging. Hmm? Come boldly. Y'all gonna help me preach this tonight. Come. Huh? Come boldly right up to the throne, right up to the throne, right up to the throne of grace, grace, grace to do what? To obtain help, mercy and and grace to help in the time of need. Now, is that a response or is that a response? Come on, y'all with me or not? You came boldly to the throne of grace and nothing happened. No? No? You get grace to help in a time of need. If you lack wisdom, huh? Ask of God and you may never find it out. <laughs> not if you ask in faith. He said, no, you got to ask in faith. But if you do, it shall be given him. God will give it to you, give you plenty of it, won't upbraid you about it. What does that mean? There will be a manifestation of God's wisdom in response to your faith reaching out for it. There will be. He or she that comes to God must believe that he is, he exists, he's God and can do everything that God can do. And, and, and you, you got to believe. You got to believe. You must believe that what? When you reach out, he reaches back. He is a responder. He is a rewarder. He is a manifester. Draw near to him. Come on, help me out. Help me out. What did he say? He said, draw near to me. Draw near to God, rather. And he will draw near to you. He will draw near to you. Somebody say, he will draw near to me. Now, when he draws near to you, can you tell it? Look, I just drew near to Mark right here. Can you tell I'm here, Mark? We're laughing, but that's exactly how it is. What do you mean? How will he draw near? If if he's everywhere present, how's he going to draw near? How's he going to draw near? We we would say close. Come close. And there's a manifestation involved in that. And what happens is you sense 
his presence. You sense his presence. Now, if you're crying and feeling sorry for yourself, you, you may not. I mean, if somebody else is praying and interceding for you and God has mercy and does something special, it can happen. But that's not normally how it happens. And that's not how, as you learn and grow, he's going to expect you to do better. But the amazing thing is that God didn't initiate that. You did. Oh, is somebody listening? Are you? Are you listening? Go with me to Mark five if you've been around Rama circles and Brother Hagin's ministry. You can probably quote half of this chapter here because uh, Brother Hagin used to refer to it often in the healing of the woman with the issue of blood. You got time to look at it? Mark five. Oh, the Lord's helping us, saints. He's helping us. In Mark 5, verse 25, certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, suffered many things and many physicians, spent all she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she, everybody say she, she, she heard of Jesus came in the press. Who came in the press? She came in the press and touched his garment. Who touched his garment? She touched his garment for she said if I may touch but his clothes I shall be whole. Let's back up on this. She heard about Jesus. She came in the press. She touched his garment. She said if I may touch but his clothes. She, 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 she. she. <laughs> and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague that is a manifestation of the anointing is it right oh friends we, we need to realize I don't have to heal myself I don't even have to have the exact diagnosis because the anointing will heal anything. I said the anointing will heal anything. And there's a lot of church going people believe that. But their thinking is if we could get him to move. If we could. You know, I don't know why God won't heal me. You know. I don't know what's taking so long. This woman was this way for, what, 12 years. But when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. She said, if I may touch his clothes, I'll be whole. Power flowed. Power. Did she draw near to him in faith, reaching out? Did she? Was there a response? Here's the amazing thing. There was a response from the anointing on Jesus apart from him ministering it. Mm -hmm. 
You got to remember, he's ministering as a man, anointed by the Spirit, and he's not having a healing meeting. He's not in a prayer. He's not having a prayer line. He's not laying hands on people. He's traveling. He's going. Where? To Jairus' house? Is that where he's going? He's going somewhere. And she came along. She came along. Didn't ask anybody anything. Didn't ask if it would be okay. Didn't ask if it was God's will. Didn't ask if it was healing time right now. (laughs) She came and took a healing. She initiated her own healing. She did. Not the master. So he's walking along. There's a crowd of people everywhere. And all at once he goes, whoa. And he turns around and says, what? He knew power had gone out of him. He said, who touched my clothes? Why would he say that? Why would he say, who touched my clothes? Because he didn't know. Now, a lot of people have a problem with that. But if you do, it's because you believe something that's not accurate. You believe that Jesus operated in omniscience. There are multiple evidences of this. You remember when he came to the fig tree? If perhaps there was something on it to eat. Well, if you're operating in omniscience, you know there's nothing on the tree. There's no reason for you to go over there. Jesus is functioning as a man, anointed by the Spirit. Is he playing games when he says, who touched me? No. Why do you say, who touched me? Because he wants to know. Who touched me? Because it was a touch of faith and power flowed. Why am I talking about this? She initiated her healing. She did. She initiated it. She came. She said it. She touched. And it flowed. Just like that. We, all of churchanity has made a giant mistake in relegating everything to God's initiation. And so then waiting for him to decide to do it. I've even had people tell me. And say well now I just believe. That when God gets ready. He'll do it his own way. And his own time. And, and then you see 30 years go by. And it never happens. And, and their, their conclusion is. Well I guess God never got ready. Think about the creation itself. What does God have to do to make gravity work? Tomorrow's what, Tuesday? We're going to need some gravity (laughs) on Tuesday, tomorrow. What's God going to have to do 
to keep this planet spinning, keep all of our feet on the surface, keep the planets from running into each other, what's he going to have to do? Nothing. He's already done it. Huh? He's already done it. He created it to do it. And the power is there. He put it there. And it's always there. He's always on. Huh? I said he's always on. He's always on. And confused Christians and and confused baby believers can run around all they want to and say, well, why won't God do it? Why won't God do it? Why won't God do it? And he's like, plug in. Make a demand. Just lay hold. Just, Just receive. How can I do it? How can you talk in tongues? How can you prophesy? How can you preach? Huh? Come on. The just shall live this way. Walk. This is how you function. And the moment you yield to fear and go, oh, yeah, but I just don't, I don't, I don't think I can. I don't think I can. Well, you're right. You don't believe you can? You can't. You're cut off. You're stuck in this physical, cursed dimension. And everything you need is right here. But it's in another dimension. But you can contact the dimension. You are spirit. You are. That's what you are. That's who you are. But the connection to the grace is faith. Go with me to to Romans 5. I think we'll close with this. Glory to God. Glory to God. I can tap into the glory of God. I can tap into healing. I can lay hold of glory. Jesus said, who touched me? Who, who came... And you can see the woman fearing, knowing what was done in her, she, she, she went back into the crowd. And if you look at all the different accounts, it said, when all denied, all. So that means he's scanning the crowd going, who touched me? Who touched me? And they're going, I didn't, I didn't. And I guess when he looked at her, she's like, no. Oh. <laughs> it said all. Why would she be that way? She didn't ask. If it'd be okay. She didn't ask if it was God's will. She didn't ask. And so she's probably thinking. Maybe he wants it back. You know. <laughs> and I ain't felt this good in 12 years. I do not want to give this back. But he just wouldn't quit. He just kept saying. Nah. Somebody touched me. I know they did. And his, his disciples finally. They were uncomfortable. They go Lord this is awkward. I mean. Uh, what do you mean? I think 40 people touched me in the last 100 feet. I mean, what do you mean? A lot of people touched you, Master. He said, no. Somebody. So, somebody did what? It, it was more than a touch. 
it was a touch of a measure of faith to receive. For she said, she said it, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. She said it, she did it, and the power flowed. I said the power flowed. The power flowed. You can have a greater manifestation of the presence of God in your house tonight. Tonight. If, you know, we're creatures of habit. And it's easy to get used to low expectations and be lazy spiritually. It's easy to do. You just, what are we going to do? Well, same thing we did. We just go and we do that and that will be over and it will be done and then we'll, that's it. No expectation, no drawing near, and no response, no manifestation of the presence. The Bible said, by faith, Enoch walked with God. How do you do that? We know it's by faith, but how do you do that? Well, nobody's seen God since Grandma and Grandpa, Adam and Eve saw. And so it's something that used to happen. Yeah, the glory used to show up. Man, yeah, people used to feel the presence of God. Whew, yeah. And Grandma and Grandpa, Adam and Eve would talk about it. And they're getting misty-eyed. And go, oh, man. When the wind of the Spirit would blow through the garden. Whoo! And you'd see that glory and you'd feel that power. And Enoch said, I want some. I mean, it's don't cut it now. I mean, I want some. You want some what? I want... I want some presence of God. Boy, that's all passed away. And, you know, Grandma and Grandpa messed it up. I'm sorry, but, you know, that don't happen anymore. But Enoch didn't listen to them. I said he didn't listen to them. And when nobody was looking, he went out in the woods by himself. And he said, God is me, Enoch. Now I believe you're here. And I believe you hear me. So I'm going to talk to you. And um, I'd like to get a response here and there. And by, I mean, before there was a new birth, before the Holy Spirit came. Come on, can you see this? Faith has always worked. Always, always worked. He starts reaching out to God. He starts endeavoring to come close to God and draw nigh to God in his spirit and by faith. And he focuses his mind. Did you hear that phrase? He focuses his mind on the Almighty. And he says, Lord, I'm I'm sorry, Almighty God, that Grandma and Grandpa didn't listen to you. But, you know, that was before I ever came along. And I would really like to get to know you. I would really like to fellowship with you. Uh... Almighty Father. Uh, and then he thought, ooh, 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 what's that? What's that? What's that? Is that you? Oh, thank you. And 
He started doing this every day. Every day. And he just did it longer and longer until it got so real that he knows the communication of God. He's getting in his spirit things that God is saying to him and showing to him. And God is as real to him as any human person that he knows in life. And one day God says, Enoch, I so enjoy our fellowship. I'd like for you just come stay with me. He said, that'd be great. And he's gone. God took him. God took him. In response to his faith. Somebody else could have done that. God's no respecter of persons. Stand up on your feet, why don't you? We'll, we'll save Romans for another, another time. Stand on your feet if you would, please.